You're listening to a message from Christian Life Ministries in Coventry, a dynamic, growing church in the heart of the nation. We pray that God will speak to you through this word and impact your life for His glory. Wonderful. Sean and Lisa and band, singers, musicians, technicians, thank you so much, as always, all of you that are involved in helping to make these online services work. And yes, we know that the battle is the Lord's. He is over all things and he has got you and he is for you. And if he's for you, who can stand against you? Well, if you were with us online last Sunday, you will know that during the month of August, we are looking at God's big picture, our story in his story. And we are being reminded that God is always at work. Of course, In the reality of our lives and our world, we see circumstances play out and what we can see is our story unfolding and often what we can't see is what God is doing, how God is at work, that actually our stories are part of His story and that God is working to His big picture. Sometimes in the outworking of our story, there can be pain and challenge and difficulty and uncertainty and possibly confusion. And and I know 2020 has served up a lot of that already for many people. And if we're not careful, we can allow fear and doubt to come knocking on our door and trying to creep its way into our lives. And we have to remind ourselves that God is at work, that God has got us, that His hand has not deserted us, that He is writing another story, a bigger story, that God is working to a meta-narrative in the earth, in the coming of his kingdom and also in our lives and how our lives are influencing other lives. For me, if I look back on the most challenging, demanding seasons of my life, two particularly difficult times, in those moments, I I did not know exactly how God was at work. It didn't really look much like God was at work. It really looked like for a moment that God had deserted me But of course, I look back now and see how much God was completely at work, that God was weaving his story in my story. He was working to a bigger picture. He was disciplining me and refining me and testing me and strengthening my faith and and working purpose in me and repositioning me. And if you might say, he was doing more behind my back than in front of my face. I want to encourage you today. God has not dropped the ball. He's not dropped the pen. He's not forgotten about you. Your times are in his hands. He has got you and he is at work. His big picture. Your story is in his story. And I I invite you today to turn with me to the book of Acts and chapter nine. And we are going to look at a disciple named Ananias and how God used his story in God's own story, working inside of God's big picture. The backdrop to Acts chapter 9, we're going to break in at verse 10 in just a moment, is a season of persecution for the church, a season of challenge and opposition at the hands of Saul. Uh, And Saul was this uh, Jewish leader that was persecuting the church. He'd already overseen the, the killing, the stoning of Stephen. And the Bible says he was going around seizing Uh, believers, men and women, and throwing them into prison. And at the start of chapter 9, he goes to the high priest in Jerusalem and he gets letters of authority to go to the city of Damascus to see if there are any believers there so he can bring them back to Jerusalem and throw them into prison. And all that would have been associated with that are beatings and floggings and appalling conditions. 
I don't know if you can imagine hearing about persecution in another UK city, maybe like London, and hearing of Christians being martyred and being thrown into prison, and then knowing that those same people were on their way to Coventry to see if there were any believers here. And I wonder how you might feel if they were bearing down upon our city. Well, this is how the believers in Damascus might have felt. Only on the way, Jesus himself appears to this Saul, this Saul who later is renamed as Paul. He's the apostle Paul, and God does an incredible work through his life. And Jesus appears to him on the road, a blinding light, and he falls down to the ground, and he hears the voice of the Lord saying, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? And he gets up, and he can't see, and he's led by the hand into the city of Damascus. For three days, he eats nothing and drinks nothing. And we pick the story up in verse 10. This is what the Bible says. In Damascus, there was a disciple named Ananias. And the Lord called to him in a vision, Ananias. Yes, Lord, he answered. The Lord told him, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. In a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. Lord, Ananias answered, I've heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your holy people in Jerusalem. He has come here with authority from the chief priests to arrest all who call on your name. But the Lord said to Ananias, go, this man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and all the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. Then Ananias went to the house and entered it and placing his hands on Saul, he said, brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he could see again. He got up and was baptized and after taking some food, he regained his strength. Of course, if you know your Bible, you will know how much this believer, this new convert Saul was used powerfully by God, how he became one of the main leaders in the church, how God sent him out with Barnabas on missionary journeys and, and how churches were planted and the gospel was preached and, and how in the fullness of time he wrote letters to strengthen those churches, letters that now become the canon of scripture, the Bible, the New Testament in our hands, Romans and Corinthians and Galatians, Ephesians, Colossians, Philippians, Thessalonians, and many other books in the Bible, Paul's letters, but at this moment he was a persecutor of the church. And yet you wonder, without Ananias, would there have been a Paul? Ananias' story was part of God's big picture. And I'd like us to see how God works through adversity, through Ananias' availability, and through his action. Firstly, adversity. This story begins with incredible adversity. We have the benefit of hindsight. We, we see what happens to Saul. We see how Ananias goes to this house and, and lays hands on him and he's healed and filled with the Spirit and gets baptized and goes on his journey as a new believer. But up to that moment, there is incredible adversity. There's persecution against the church. Do you notice how Ananias explains to God what is going on like he doesn't know that the word has reached the believers in Damascus that Saul is on his way with authority letters from Jerusalem as if God doesn't know that. And Saul has got the bit between his teeth. Adversity means a difficult or unpleasant situation. And this chapter opens with a difficult and unpleasant situation. 
And what we see is that God seems to sometimes delight to work in the midst of adversity. I wonder if there are times in our lives where God averts adversity that we didn't even know he delivered us from. But we also see there are many times he doesn't eliminate adversity. Rather, he chooses to work in adversity. And I say this to encourage you today because maybe you are feeling a sense of adversity. Maybe you find yourself in a difficult or unpleasant situation. 2020 has served up plenty of that for many of us. But I want to tell you that God delights to write his story against a backdrop of adversity. And this is what happens here. Ananias' story comes into play because of adversity. We heard last week of one of the lockdown testimonies of a couple in our church, that the guy of whom was sent home on furlough in March from his company on 80% pay, and they, their finance just could not accommodate that drop in income, and they prayed over the weekend, and on Monday he was called back in to work full-time. And he found out that week that, that out of 180 employees, he was the only one that was called back in. And he's been in full-time and on full pay. And I, I understand you might find yourself in a similar situation, but it, it strikes me that if he'd never been furloughed in the first place, there wouldn't be that sense that this was a miracle that God had come through. Somebody once said it, without a test, there isn't a testimony. God leads Israel out of Egypt through the Red Sea in the midst of adversity, waits till the Egyptian army's bearing down on them before he opens the Red Sea. But it seems that that he almost delights to show his hand in adversity. And here it is so with Ananias. Ananias' story gets caught up in God's big picture against a backdrop of adversity. And I say this to say this to you today. Maybe you're facing challenge. Maybe you're facing difficulties in your life. But I want to encourage you that this is the backdrop against which God delights to act. That God has not forgotten you, but he is with you. And he loves to show himself in the midst of adversity. That your story gets caught up in his story, often in the midst of an adverse time and situation. Our extremity is God's opportunity. But I'd like us also to consider Ananias' availability. Sometimes we talk, don't we, about being in the right place at the right time. And sometimes we can feel like we're in the wrong place at the wrong time. I don't know quite how Ananias felt, whether he felt in the right or the wrong place. But the truth is that in Damascus, God was looking for a disciple. Saul was on the way. Jesus has appeared to him. And he knows that he, he is going to send somebody. And the Bible tells us later on, if we read on in this chapter of Acts, we see there are a number of disciples, but God found Ananias. Of course, God is God. He could simply have healed Saul. He could have filled Saul with the Holy Spirit. He could have prophesied direct to Saul without using anybody. But our God loves to use our lives. He loves to use people. He brings his kingdom through his church. This is how he has chosen to work. And if you want your story to be part of God's story, it strikes me that we need to be available. There must have been something about Ananias. He, he wasn't a leader or a pastor. He wasn't somebody seemingly of great prominence. But he must have been someone with an openness of heart. It appears he isn't used by God because he's official, but because he's available. When I look back on the people that I've had the privilege of personally leading to the Lord. 
you know, I think I was just simply available. I was there in their world. I worked with them or lived on the same street. I had some proximity and I was available. And I wonder how available we are in these days. And I have to come and challenge myself, Lord, here I am wholly available. Do you want to speak to someone on my street? Here I am, use me. Many ways that Ananias was used to bring a prophetic word, to lay his hands and see healing come, to see Saul filled with the Holy Spirit. And I wonder how God might want to use you this week. And I think we have to come and say, Lord, here I am available. If we want our story to be part of God's story, if we want to play our part in God's big picture, we have to know that God can work in the midst of adversity, but also we have to simply be available. As church continues to be online, it's never been easier to invite someone to come to church, but are we available for that? In the autumn, we're, we're making steps towards beginning an online alpha, and I wonder who you could invite to come on that, but are you available? Are you available to play your part in God's big picture? Ananias was in the midst of adversity, and yet God used him. He made himself available to be the one that would go. But thirdly, we consider his action. The Bible tells us that faith without works is dead. Someone once said that what we believe we do and the rest is just talk. And we find God at work in our lives and through our lives, our story in his story, when we act, when we step out in faith. And God who, who works and calls Ananias and Ananias initially is, seems to resist, but then he goes, he hears, he obeys, he goes, he prays, he prophesies, he, he speaks and Saul's sight is restored. I wonder how much Ananias was aware of Saul's life beyond that. Maybe it was just this one afternoon or morning, whenever it was, and I don't know if they kept in touch. Certainly he couldn't follow him on social media and I don't know because Saul stayed around for a few days in Damascus, but then he went to Jerusalem and then he was taken off to Tarsus and then he's hidden for about eight years before Barnabas calls him up and he goes to Antioch and only from there is he sent out and preaches the gospel and plants churches and years later writes letters that become part of the canon of scripture. And no doubt Ananias would have not known maybe all of that, but certainly not most of that. Not this side of heaven, but maybe from his vantage point right now as he sees Paul's letters at work in the church, shaping theology, shaping the church, inspiring and instructing a billion believers in the earth today. He knows that God used his life, his story in God's big picture because he acted, because of his courage, his faith, his obedience, his action. It doesn't look like he did a huge amount, really. He stepped out in faith one time and God used him. And we don't see him again in the Bible, but God used this moment because of his action. And I want to encourage us to keep on obeying, to keep stepping out, to keep being people of faith. And we'll find that our story gets connected in his story, our story in God's big picture. Maybe the Lord has spoken to you to do something, to call someone up, to, to bring a prophetic word, to 
make an act of kindness, to reach out to someone, an action that is, it's on your list, but you haven't done it. Maybe you've been resisting it. Maybe you've been procrastinating. Maybe you've been too fearful. I want to encourage you to step out and act and see what God will do. He wants to use your story in his story. As we come into land, I'm going to invite you to respond today. I'm going to invite the Holy Spirit, ask Holy Spirit, would you come into homes in this moment? I'm going to invite you to respond and to stand if you need to respond to this message where you are, even in your home, as if we were gathered in this room together. Firstly, I want to speak to those of you where you are in the midst of adversity. And maybe you've been complaining, lamenting, squirming, trying to get out of it. Maybe you've just felt angry with God. I want to invite you in these moments just to stand and say, Lord, this has been tough, but I remember again that you are the God that works in adversity. And I invite you to come into my adversity and to write a story with my story and ask him to come and do what only he can do. To recognize that in the backdrop of adversity, he will be at work, working his big picture in your life. And so I encourage you where you are to say, Lord, I trust you. I trust you even in the midst of this difficult and unpleasant situation. I trust you that you are at work and that you've got me. Secondly, I want to invite those who need to respond today simply to say, Lord, here I am available. Ananias, through maybe just the posture of his heart, found himself spoken to and challenged by God to go and to be used by God. He was somehow available. And I don't know if you need to stand today and say, Lord, here I am available. Use me. Speak through me. Lord, if, if you want to find someone in Coventry to go somewhere and do something, here I am. Speak to me. Lord, I make myself available afresh. If that's you, to be a vessel, to be a witness, to be a mouthpiece, to be a conduit, why don't you stand and just open up your hands and say, Lord, I am available. And thirdly, for any where you know you're carrying an action, something that the Lord's already spoken to you to do. And in these moments, the Holy Spirit comes and just puts his finger on that and says, it's still there. It needs to be done. And you'd stand and say, Lord, I'm going to delay no longer. Then why don't you stand? Allow me to pray for you if you're standing, if you're responding. Lord, we thank you that you work in our lives. We thank you, Lord, that you've got us. We thank you, Lord, you are working to a big picture with our lives. We thank you, Lord, that, that you delight to bring our stories into your story. And I pray, would you release faith in us afresh, that when we can't see the other side of our circumstances, we might know and trust that our stories are in your story, that you've got us and you are at work and you are working to purpose. And I pray for my brothers and sisters today who are wrestling in the midst of adversity, that they might know afresh your presence and your grace, that confidence that comes through a release of faith, to know that you have got them and you delight to work in the midst of adversity. And the presence of adversity is not the absence of God, but the bedrock against which you so often work. And I pray for my brothers and sisters that are saying, here I am available. And I pray, Lord, and I count myself in this today. Say, Lord, would you use us? Would you use us even in these days and this season 
Lord, that your kingdom coming in us and through us would not be on pause, but would be all the more active and at work. Would you use us and speak to us? We pray for the honor of your name and I pray for my brothers and sisters who need to act. Would you give them courage to push on through and do what they need to do? And as they take that step of faith, I pray, they would be amazed at how you would act at how you would write a story with their story in the way that Ananias must have been amazed at what you did through him. May they be amazed that their simple act of faith and courage and obedience brings forth a harvest of righteousness. Lord, may you be glorified in us and through us for the honor of your name. If you need to remain standing, why don't you where you are? In fact, if you're seated, why don't you stand for this final song as the band leaders and we continue in our worship. The Lord bless you. Thank you.